some of that inspiration was like a kick in the pants from your video that you put out, Sean, because <laughs> it was a reminder that, hey, idiot, you've had progress on this video for like over a year. Flynn lives and so does his podcast. Welcome to Making Geeks Podcast, a podcast for makers, families, and geeks. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing this week? Good. How are you? Episode 212? Am I looking at that right? I, 212, yeah. yes. Yeah, wow. 212. Last week, we did uh, have a From the Vault episode with uh, Bobby Duke, so I'm hoping that anybody out there that listened, uh, enjoy listening to that one again. It was quite a while ago when we had him on the show. 20, was it 2017 or 2018? I was trying to decipher from context within the episode exactly mm. when it was being recorded. I think it was 17, if I remember when I was taking a look at it. It was a little while ago. Okay. So I, I really think that, that Bobby Duke is is one of those instances where he blew up after he was on our podcast. So I still think we should take you know partial credit for <laughs> um, you know how popular he is now. And hopefully he doesn't forget these, uh, you know... Is a humble beginnings. He did come back for a 200th. Let's not forget. He did. He did. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. He came back and popped in for a short while. It was. You know, you could use this moment uh, in this episode, Wes, to kind of nudge, nudge, hint, hint, wink, wink of the sword that he talked about working on. I, I, I can't mention that anymore. It's it's like, uh, yeah. It, it gives him anxiety every time he hears that it. That horse is I, beaten so much. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. Yep. We're moving on. Because from what he from what he said, it has been started, correct? Oh yeah, but the problem okay. is it had been started so long ago that his style has evolved beyond it. Why don't you ask him to send it back to you and at least have like a one one hero side facing you from the wall or something? Well, see the well the thing is, I'll just say it now. The uh, he he sent me. As part of the the project, what is, so it's an elaborate carving on one side of this sword from a game, and he it took him so long to carve the one side he didn't want to carve the other side because it's the exact same it's a duplicate side, and just because it took so long right and so I had him take like a hundred some photos and I used photogrammetry software this is like three years ago and I generated a model. And I was going to CNC the opposite side to do like 80, 90% of the work and then have him do the rest or even, you know, even closer, depending upon how well I can CNC it. Right. Because it looked really good. And so I actually have that model. So technically, I could actually probably finish the sword because I have the data to make almost make, you know, the, the hardest part of the sword from that he did. It would be like a, a weird hacky enhance kind of way, you know, like movie magic way of like pulling that out of the ether and like generating it from nothing. I don't know. I was just thinking about it. It'd be kind of funny. Also, you could possibly convince him just to take a mold of it and cast it because he's been doing a lot more of that lately, too. Yeah, but the photogrammetry is cooler. <laughs> well, I mean, for, yeah. from your end, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been doing like stuff. So. That's true. That's true. Is it complicated to do 3D relief carving on a CNC? I mean, designing it. It's. I'm still new here. I've I've only cut out shapes. The, the trickiest part is, about... is convincing the software to generate the right kind of toolpath to be able to do it right. Like the actual mm. where it goes from your 3D model to like the instructions to tell the CNC machine how to do it. And like if you wanted to use like an X carve, Easel cannot do that. It's not capable of doing it. So you'd have to use some other software to do it. Infusion, I believe, can do it now. Uh, but a lot of times people would use like Mach 3 and other like higher level stuff um, to be able to do it. It's also challenging depending on the level of complexity of that carve. True. If you're if you're doing like a, a cuneiform type type carve where it's it's not really completely three dimensional, otherwise you're going to need a multi axis CNC to really get around. Well, no, just things. like two and a half. You could do like a really, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. I guess it'd be two and a half D. I I bought three species of wood today, wood samples, um, to try carving out of, and I realized that like I have the CNC now. Like if I could only generate a 3d enough relief model 
I could have um, I could have the CNC machine carve it out instead of me spending all the time to test carve on these three different species of wood to see which one works best with the project that I'm working on. If I can get the CNC to do it, it would save so much time, but I don't know how to get my CNC to to do all that. I'd recommend going back and checking uh, one of uh, Wes's older videos. When you do, like, did you do a video of using ArtCam for one of your things, right? Yeah, I did a couple of videos on that. Um, the software is not really available anymore, but the idea and the technique is still viable, yeah. I think. Hmm. Um, you could also use Because Blender it's not a model. Yeah. It's a picture that I would have to turn into a model to then turn it to a relief. You may have some difficulty that, there. Yeah. So for those watching on our live stream, you actually benefit from this. I actually have the test carving of that thing that I got from Bobby Duke, the photogrammetry, and I carved it out of uh, styrofoam. And it looks pretty dang good, I think. It does. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty creepy. And you so, X-carved that out of styrofoam? Yep. Yeah, this is insulation foam. Dang. It's like a one piece. It's like two inches thick. That stuff and the purple stuff from like the big box stores works really well on the CNC. Yeah, it's for, it's for, super fast really and it's carving. great for testing. Yeah, mm. in fact, I prefer carving that stuff than wood a lot of times, especially on the X carve, just because the X carve is kind of a janky machine sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what have you guys been uh, geeking out about? <laughs> We've reached that point of the episode, huh? Well, I don't know. I'm geeking out about a lot of stuff lately, so I, I don't want to take up all your time. So I'll let someone else go first. Well, <laughs> what, um, have you been, what have you been up to? <laughs> I've what have I been up to or geeking out about? Because we can go I, down. Sometimes it's the same thing, right? They're not always mutually. No, it's not the same thing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so I am I am a sucker for video essays, uh, good video essays. Um, back when I was in college a few years ago, several years ago. Um, I got into like nerd writer back when he first started and seeing, uh, combining essays with video production and how well he did it really got me into liking the video essay format. And currently one of my favorite video essays is a channel called good blood. And he just recently put out a video on, uh, the God of war and how, um, they took Loki out of Norse, Norse mythology and rewrote the entire pantheon of Nordic gods and then insert um, and, and then inserted Kronos, not Kronos, uh, uh, God of War. What's his name? Kratos. 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 And then inserted Kratos into the storyline and made it work. And the video was so well done. And it really made me want to play God of War because I haven't I haven't played God I I don't have a PlayStation, and so God of War is one of those games that I haven't played. Um, so I watched that and got really inspired by it and wanted to play God of War. And then the next video that was recommended by YouTube was a documentary called Raising Kratos um, that was on the making of God of War. And most of the time, documentaries and behind the scenes in terms of like movies and video games are not very well done. <laughs> they're, they're just not. The pacing isn't right. The story isn't captivating enough. They're okay if you're really into the property, but as, as a piece of entertainment, they're not very good. This, however, was fantastic. The, the production quality, the, the linear movement of it, the like everything that they put into this movie was so well done. I got so wrapped up into god of war and the production of it and wanting to play this game that i have been geeking out so bad about god of war stuff to the point that i have already started on a god of war project that i am making <laughs> that's going to be uh shoved into my current uh my current projects that i'm already working on so i guess it's kind of yeah geeking out and working on because i am now geeking about a geeking out about something that I'm now working on. But other than gonna, that... Are you going to hand carve his uh, his weapons into the same thumbnail like this? No. Thumbnail? no. I'm... Uh, it works I'm, for you. So the, the murals that they find in the game, that you find in the game, 
the ones that you open up and inside is is the carved um stories of the of the Norse gods and everything like that. Um I am taking that and turning it into a tool cabinet. And so uh Aaron from SketchUp and I have designed out the cabinet. I went to Woodcraft today and got Paduk, cherry, and mahogany to test carve and stain those to see which one of those wood species looks closest to the game. And then I found a lumber mill that's right by my house to go and get rough hewn lumber from whichever species I decide to choose. And then I'm going to hewn it out and carve, <laughs> which sounds so insane. I'm going to carve a, uh, a God of War mural tool cabinet. And I even uh, looked into getting colored gold foils uh, to do the foil carvings the reliefs that are inside of it because I I can't do anything simple apparently because my brain is broken. And so I'm going to do carvings, not from the game. I'm going to make up my own, but do carvings of like me and my kids and the stuff that we built to kind of tell the story, kind of like the murals tell the story of, of the gods um, in that game. So. Sounds epic. Yeah. It's going to, like, I think it's going to do really well because of how much effort and work I'm going to put into it. As long as I can get it done in a timely manner. Because that doesn't seem to be my uh, my ability lately to get anything done in a timely manner. Even something as simple as painting a cow to look like it's from Borderlands. <laughs> so, that's what I've been up to. What have you guys been up to? I have been, well, I had my spring break last week and I was able to get out of town for, for one day. I went up to Solving, which is um, about two and a half hours from, from where I live here, which is really kind of, it was nice to get away. Um, it was a little Dutch settlement town and it was fun to spend the day there. But the rest of the week was spent uh, redoing some things at my house I've been needed to, been needing to do for quite a while. So I finally got new flooring in my house. And it wasn't really a, a project for a video, but it was a home improvement project where I had to cut all the baseboards and shoe molding and all that fun stuff. So that's pretty much what I've been up to. I haven't had much time to do anything fun or geek related, but it was uh, kind of necessary to get done. And I got really good at cutting angles. Yep. Hmm. That's not always easy. No, it's not. And I mean, they all came out pretty well, but I still had to kind of pat some of them up just because... You know, I, even though I cut perfect 90s, you know, walls aren't always, you know, come together at a perfect 90 and some of them kind of warp this way. So I had to shim some of them and, and, uh, kind of finagle some things. So, but it's done. We're happy with it. And yeah, now on to the next project. Nice. So I have just finished a video the last couple of days. Uh, for laser engraving some tiles with my K40. Uh, some of that inspiration was like a kick in the pants from your video that you put out, Sean, because it was a reminder <laughs> that, hey, idiot, you've had progress on this video for like over a year or more. As, not you, but me, talking to myself. Um, and it, I... I I realized that I needed to get that done because it was like one of those projects that seems it was like a simple project, quote unquote. But because I my the way my mind works, I categorized it as simple. I kept putting it off. Cause it's like, oh, I can get that one done easily. Let me do some other stuff. And I just never got to it because I just I just never got to it. And so now I uh, finally finished it and it came out pretty good. Um, they. The video is about You're being laser. modest. It came well, out really good. Well, thanks. Oh, man. It's a fun video. I I enjoyed it. Um, there was some stuff that I wanted to include that I wasn't able to, um, just for video continuity and stuff. But yeah, I think the the tiles themselves they came out pretty sweet. Um, I'm holding a couple up, up to the camera uh, for the live view if my camera decides to focus. Um, Really easy uh, for lasering glass tiles. It's a fun 
kind of technique. Not a whole lot of effort. The laser does the majority of the work, as it should be. Um, and if you have a lasering engraver, I recommend trying it. There, this is like this one of the cheapest materials that I can like come out of Lowe's purchasing, as far as like raw material to do something with. Um, and so that that having that kind of over my that, that project lingering over me, and not really thinking about it too often, like about how it was lingering over me, I think it sort of was mentally weighing me down and I didn't realize it. So like when I finished it, I felt like this relief of, it's not like a huge project that was like super intense or anything. It was just because it's been on my plate for so long, it felt like more of an accomplishment than it normally would be, if that makes sense. And so I, I think I've, and this leads into our, part of our topic for tonight is maker slump. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was sort of in a maker slump. Uh, from not that project in particular, but accomplishing and finishing that project uh, helped me kind of peek above the clouds, you know, that I was like stuck in. Um, so now that so that was kind of part of the inspiration of talking about this. And also uh, in the last couple of days, I've been meeting up with some local makers for some meetups uh, now that I've We've gotten some vaccine kind of stuff mixed in there, so it's a little safer to do it. And it having that interaction also has been like a positive like injection, so to speak, um, into creativity and what me making one making me make excuse me having myself want to make things basically again. Like I had so much energy from WorkbenchCon that was like immediately squashed because. That ex you know that was at the end of February. Everybody's like gung ho. Let's do all these projects. Let's do so many collaborations, and then the rest of twenty twenty happened, right? And so that did not have a positive impact on my maker morale, which I think is extremely important. So now I see the the light at the end of the tunnel, and I see all these you know, interactions with other makers again, and other potential projects being generated with that you know them and myself on my own and it's just super motivating and so i finally have been doing 3d printing apparently i hadn't been doing that very much the last time i 3d printed something was a lot of the uh headband straps for masks like a year ago i, I printed like hundreds of them and it just kind of wore me out from 3d printing for a while um so much so that i was like how do i do this <laughs> so i was like struggling a little bit uh, and I, I realized that I'm going to try to be more proactive in keeping my machines gainfully employed because like my robots are just sitting there waiting to do something. And if I don't tell them to do anything, they're just going to sit there. So I'm using that inspiration to start in my first, uh, droid build. I have a, a couple droids that I've been wanting to work on and this one because May 4th is just around the corner. If I can get it done before then, I think it'll be a kind of a cool video. Uh, I think people will enjoy it. And basically, I'm holding up parts of it here on the camera. So it's the TT-8L Gatekeeper droid from Jabba's Palace and also the Mandalorian. We, we talked about that. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. So like when C-3PO so knocks on the door... And you see the little like beanstalk little head eye thing come out. It's like, blah, blah, blah. you know, it starts speaking to him and, you know, interrogating him. Uh, that droid, the one that is like super annoying. I want to I want to build that and I want to actually install it in my house at my door. So when someone rings the doorbell. Yeah. Forget ring. Forget ring. You have this. Thing. Exactly. I had a ring. It sucked. I don't want to pay monthly fee. This is this is going to be awesome. Now, granted, this is, I'm holding it up here. This is as big as I don't know, like a honeydew melon, like it's spherical shape. It's pretty big. It's bigger than I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to have to cut a much larger hole in something in my house to make this come out of my wall. Uh, <laughs> my wife doesn't know that I'm thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for like a year uh, or more. And I think it's time to do it. And I have like three weeks to do it. Why not rush myself on something I've been wanting to do for a year, right? So I'm 3D printing 
the components for that. It's a design that thankfully I don't have to come up with on my own. Um, I'm, I'm a member of a, a Patreon group that is like a droid building group. And they have, this is one of the designs that are available in there. So I'll probably have to modify it in order to make it like mechatronically like viable and actually put a camera in it. I want to have like a Raspberry Pi camera at the end of it so I can actually see who's out there because I don't have a peephole in my door. So that'll, if I'm, it'll function as that. So this will pop out. It'll do the sounds or whatever and freak the person out. And if they're still there after they get startled to death, if they don't rip the thing off like Mandalorian did, <laughs> uh, then I'll get, and maybe I'll get some footage of them doing that. It'll be kind of cool, but we'll see if I can pull it off. But that's the intention. So I've got both my 3D printers printing stuff for that. And my I'm even like employing my resin printer to do some other printing because it hasn't printed in a long time as well. I, I can picture an awesome crossover with Mark Rober with his glitter bomb <laughs> there packages and then that thing there. Dude. I want to see I that video you. so badly. If I could pull I love it off. your preface for it. Hey, you know that really annoying thing? I'm going to make that. Yeah. <laughs> it used to, it, I think that one freaked me out as a kid too. Like it's just like so startling and like it's the more alien looking of the droids. And I don't really consider it like necessarily a droid, but technically it is one. Um, it's just very bizarre. Um, from, from the also, first time you, go ahead. From the first time you you kind of showed me the idea a couple months ago for it. Yeah. I was thinking, you know what? I want to create a similar version, except instead of that from Star Wars, I want to create the one from Flight of the Navigator. That would be cool too. That's what I was thinking. It yeah. rem also reminds yeah. me of Flight of the Navigator. And the, the only reason why I would I would you know, I thought about that one too. Is the the snarky attitude of that thing is probably in a little bit more in line with my personality. It's fair. So I would love just to like insult the people or. But would you want to have minute. to like was do all the wrangling for all the Pee Wee Herman audio clips to do that? Was it was he the voice? Yeah, Paul Rubens. Oh gosh, I just whoa. Okay, does just blow He's your mind? Yes, Mr. Movies. Yeah, it's totally yes. him. I mean, like oh, half the time I anticipate him doing like Pee Wee Herman impersonations. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, the things you learned. Today I learned Pee Wee Herman was the voice of the note. Uh, what did he name him? Max, I think. Max. Was it Max? It, it was like Max for short for whatever the long name was provided in the film, I think. If I remember correctly. You're blowing my mind, guys. Jordan Jordan Rimple in the... Uh the audience here on the YouTube stream, he says, yeah, so much easier to build a droid than drill a hole for a peephole. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, my, I have a sign up and it says overkill is underrated. It's right there. So that's, that's my motto that I stole from Mark, which I'm saying that I had first, which probably didn't, but still it's a good, it's a good <laughs> motto. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I think I'm getting out of the slump. Have you guys, had this happen? Are are you currently in one? Uh, when's the last time you had one? Let's talk about the. Let's talk about that. I, I have a maker slump every time I'm not currently working on a project. Mm. Um, it, it seems like I have like a, a two week focus period of like intense focus of wanting to get things done between getting the physical project done and then getting the video done. Most times, because sometimes I'll drag my feet in between having the project done and actually finishing the video too. So that could also pre uh, present a little bit of a challenge, but then it almost takes me like a full month cycle to actually get into another project. Part of it is just general life stuff, other responsibilities here at home, but also it's just, it's kind of like general focus. Sure. Uh, so I think a small part of it is, you know, when I look at my, the history of my videos over the last year, I've had very few videos perform in a way that I would say, oh, that's somewhat decent. Yeah. Um, the, the last two videos that I've performed decently for my channel were both laser related. And there's not necessarily a problem with that, mm -hmm. but but I don't want to 100% be a laser channel either. Same. Yeah, same problem. And, yeah. and I mean, for the most part, I, I like the videos that I make. I, you know, I'll go back and watch them every now and then because they were, they're fun to me. Um, I wish that it appealed to a larger audience that also felt the same way, but I also don't want to have to chase those numbers because it'll change, it'll change my mission too much of, of what I want out of this. 
So I just kind of have to be okay with not getting views um, the way a lot of other people might. And if that's the case, then, you know, my pace is one, you know, one video a month. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I can't justify a lot more than that unless it's pulling in more because it's going to have to, it has to take away from something else that I'm already dedicating time to, whether it's work, family, um, and other things. So it's a, it's a hard balance right now to decide between those things because everything that I decide to do is taking potential time away from something else. And I don't have any extra time left. It's, yeah. It's on the field at the moment. Yeah. So what, what is your own metric for whether or not a video performs well? If the video has hit a thousand views by the end of the first month, then I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. It's, it, you know, by, by a lot of other standards, that's still not very good performing, a very, you know, a good performing video at all. But for mine, that means after a couple of months, it'll probably hit, you know, five or 10,000. And if, if all my videos were able to hit 10,000 views after say two months or maybe even three months, I would actually be fairly happy because I know what that translates to me uh, for me financially. You know, I, I'm not in it for, I'm not, I'm not doing this for financial gains, but it's a nice measure of a return on my on your time. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Cause I, that's one of the things that I'm having to like, to consider with everything going on with future plans coming up, like trying to figure out a benchmark for what constitute a good, a good video, like in terms of like views and retention and everything like that. Well, you've, you're kind of in a different position right now too, from what you've disclosed to us, you know, off, off the show. Uh, I know that your expectations are, a little bit higher for what you want out of your videos, but you've also done pretty well with a lot of your last videos too. But, but in terms of the slump, um, I guess we could start with that and we could kind of expand from there. Do you feel like you're in your, how do you deal with slumps when you're making, uh, if, you, uh, if you feel that you have them? I don't, I did it's not, I'm not trying to like flex or something like that. My, my problem is never, never a creative slump. Because we're talking about like creative slumps, right? Well, not not one hundred percent. At least yeah. what was because I mean, you could categorize it that way, but I don't know. Not necessarily. Like you, you, you I, could I, say, I, like your channel possibly had been in a slump just because of a lack oh, of videos. Well, yeah, <laughs> it just depends on how you yeah, want to measure good. it. Yeah. Because yeah. for, for the three of us, I don't think there's any real lack of creativity. For no, me, it's kind of like not. a yeah, it's kind of like a lack of action. It's it's all that, and also like a lot of my ideas fight each other in my head for like dominance. <laughs> for retail space. Yeah, and so like getting them to shut the hell up is like half the problem, and then being okay with what ends up coming out of that and. With the, like you said, with the time that I have available, and then as things come up, you know, other projects and other house projects come up that instantly take more precedence, or things that happen in in family or what have you, it it can mess with me a little bit. So hmm. I don't know. In in terms of that, I guess my slump would be in the middle of a project hmm. because I am really good um, at coming up with the ideas and starting a project in an initial design and work and motivation that goes into starting a project. I never have any problems coming up with the idea, figuring out how to do it, and then starting it. That's not my problem. My problem in terms of, I guess, a slump would be the last quarter of, of the project, of trying to figure out how to get past those last few things to just get the project done which is why in the last what seven months i think i've had two videos i'm not even at one video a month i'm at like one video every other month and a half so yeah i guess my slump would be 
in the like finishing the project. Hmm. That counts. Like, how do you? Yeah. What's the thing that makes you do it? To makes you motivated enough, or what have you, to get over that? Hill? Um, I think a lot of the time is, uh, getting inspired to do, like, wanting to do something else bad enough <laughs> that I get this thing done first, so that I can go work on something else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because like a lot of my, a lot of my projects, especially when I first started out on YouTube, um, I had to go through like several iterations of that thing just to get to the final to the final outcome. Like, for example, my first project was the Millennium Falcon Theater, the little dome that you slide a tablet into. <clears throat> you can't tell by the video, but there I built three different uh, domes. Because the first one really didn't work out. The second one didn't work out to the point where it would just fall apart. And so the third one was the one that made it to the end, which was a different design and structure from the first one. Nobody ever noticed, thank heavens. Um, but I had to do that three different times. And I had worked on that like every day back when I used to have time, when I only had two kids. <laughs> two kids. Um and I worked on it every day. So by the time I was done, I wanted to be done with it so bad because I didn't want to have to work on it anymore. I wanted to go work on something else. It could burn for all I care. I just wanted it done. So re re really quick though, you said you had to do it three different times. Yeah. Did you actually have to do it three different times or is that a, a, a uh, desire for perfection that you chose to do it three different times? Well, considering the fact that like the wood pieces that I'm working with were so small breaking them or like missing a screw and like splitting them and stuff like that i couldn't fix it enough to like go back and do it again especially in gluing everything together and then having it break apart i'd have i had to go back and like recut things and because i didn't want something mismatched from one part of it as in terms of another part because like I had to mix my colors back then because I didn't have enough paint and whatnot. And so I had to redo everything so there wasn't like blotchy color patterns between like the windows and the frame and all that other kind of stuff. So oh, you're concerned with that, but you were also concerned with continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you not watched YouTube videos before? No, I know. I've learned a lot since then. This is just my first YouTube video. I've learned a lot I, since I mean, then. You know, in some ways, it sounds like. Your, your filmmaking background almost hurts you in some ways because of what would pass, what would not pass <laughs> in filmmaking. You could definitely get to pass it for a YouTube video. Yeah, which is why in my early videos, I always wore the same, the same shirt, Here's the same lumberjack, like plaid, red and black shirt, because every single shot was a different day. And I'm like, if I didn't wear the same shirt, Whenever I worked on a project, it would be like blue, green, red, like every single frame I'd have in a different outfit. So I intentionally like did that. My videos recently, um, yeah, every other every other frame is a different outfit, different shirt, just because I gave up on on figuring I'll have that continuity, even if my project, you know, doesn't have the continuity. <laughs> it's also okay to let the audience know that this took several different days to complete oh and you're gosh. not a super maker and you did it all in one afternoon. Yeah, I'm no way for Wilkerson, but I get by. Because <laughs> <laughs> she is uh, incredibly inspiring in terms of what you can get done in a day. There was, it, it was a few weeks ago, it was for the Super Bowl, I think, where she woke up in the morning and she's like, I'm going to build a sofa today. Okay, I'm sure you can because you're April. And then her next story is like, Actually, I'm going to build six sofas today. And I threw my phone across the room. So <laughs> there's there's productive and then there's April Workerson. I just want to get to the productive stage. And then maybe one day I'll be like April Workerson. Yeah, but I also think that you're you're destroying or she's not being completely honest that, you know, she's not just herself anymore. She has a little bit of a crew behind her. Ha having a team, I guess, would help. Yes. And we all have to remember that at times too. You know, even even when Bob first started out, it wasn't just Bob. You know, he still had somebody else doing all of his editing and video work, 
you know, had a million million dollar logo designed for him already. So really, yes. Okay, you blow my mind again. Thanks, guys. I thought that was common knowledge. No, I had no idea. <laughs> I thought it was one man show doing what I'm doing right now. What one man in terms of maybe building, but mm -hmm. you already know that when you're talking about YouTube and making videos, making the thing is only half of the actual work. Mm -hmm. And you've done enough video editing to know that you could cut things together to look things look really nice, even if it, you know, the quality's not there. That's why that's why I do wide shots. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great from far away. Just don't like it. Uh, just don't look at it too close. I just highlight the flaws and say the hell of it. Yeah. Although I do have to say, like looking back on everything that I've done, that playhouse um, looks good close up. I'm I'm more proud of that thing, and the little Sea of Thieves treasure chest, the tiny little one that I made for my kids, for the Tooth Fairy. Between those, like those two, I think are the highlight of everything that I've made so far in the past three years, which is. <laughs> probably weird to say but yeah, yeah so some of those early videos of yours are, are a lot of fun and it's for they are and I, I feel like that about some of my early work too but it, it's so frustrating because you know it's really hard to generate those views unless you make I, k40 I, laser videos all the time every day <laughs> yeah that that also is stifling my creativity a little bit too because i know that as you said for your example like I thought I had some cool electronics like based program like projects and those perform garbage. I might as well not even have uploaded them like they're so bad compared to like the laser videos. Like it's not it's like night and day. Um, but I'm, I need to have those or else I go crazy. You know, I, I'm trying so hard not to want to fall into what it would appear to be the YouTube trap of bigger, more ridiculous you know, turning into a character. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't want to head down that path. Yep. <clears throat> and it, it makes things a little bit more difficult for getting attention because you have everybody else that is just generating spectacle after spectacle that tends to get more eyeballs than making what we would consider a, a decent project. Like, like a peephole, like through a door. Like, do you have to <laughs> knock a hole in a wall and put an animatronic droid there to scare the pants off of somebody? Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> on may the 4th for you know <laughs> to get all the clicks i don't know hopefully i can make it happen if i can't i'm not going to be too been out of shape about it but um because in the end you still have a robot in the front of your house that scares the crap out of people whenever they ring your doorbell yep see currently i have a, a 3d printed sign that's been up there for years that has text on it that says uh no soliciting um, and it says like that even means you. What does it say? Shit. Uh, it says no soliciting, even if you're not selling anything. Like in quotes, because you know a lot of people that come to the like, oh, they'll like preface their introduction like I'm not selling anything, and they'll like go into their spiel, and like so I kind of nip that in the bud with the sign to try to do that and it, most of the time it works like a lot of times we'll have people come up and i'll see it on the little camera in our little vestibule or doorway and i could see them like look over the sign and then they like walk away and i'm like yes and then i had a couple people over the last couple of years that would like look at the sign and then ring the doorbell and then i'm like okay open the door um then i'm just like did you not see the sign well i did but i'm not selling anything it literally says that and you just said it verbatim like so now i gotta up the ante you know, with some Star Wars paraphernalia, so. Because that's how we do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is. Your house is going to turn into mine where if you ever have to sell it, oh, dude, you got to sell you, it to a geek. Did you forget, like, the <laughs> the giant mural I have up in Grant's room with the Mario Kart on the ceiling? Like, I'm not selling Wait, that's house. in your current house? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah. See, I thought that was an, I don't know, for some odd reason in my mind, that was in an old house. Now, Samantha's mural that I did, that was a Yoshi's Island theme, that was in a different house. That was in our first house. And I don't know if they've paint, since painted over it. I hope not. But yeah. But besides that, there have been other geek 
upgrades that are going to have occurred and that will occur that, yeah, they'll just have to accept it or we'll just throw in some extra money for them to fix it after we move out or something, you know. Um, yeah, so far, Grant, as far as the room update, Grant still loves it. Every time that somebody new comes to the house, he's like, you want to see my room? Because he knows that it'll get a reaction out of people. Uh, but he hasn't had any, like, playdates in a long time. So I don't know if he just doesn't realize that every kid doesn't have crap in their ceiling and on their walls. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think when with, he's... Yeah, good. With all of your new acquisition of, of robots and skills over the last, what, five years or so has it been now? Have you ever had any um, ideas for maybe updating it in terms of some interactivity or other features? I haven't, actually. It's a good idea. The robots themselves? It's, you're, no, you're, but... Like, upgrading Mario to... to yeah. Something. Like, originally, oh. it has LEDs in it that currently don't work right, and so I actually have to fix that first before I consider upgrading it in the other... I have to get it back to previous working order. Like there's some, I think the transformer that powered the LEDs or something in that chain burned out or something. So the LEDs don't work. Uh, but I have considered painting additional characters in the in the room as far as like a non-tech upgrade. But beyond that, uh, no, I think I, I've I've accepted. Well, that's actually not true. <laughs> We've he he needs a dresser. And so I've been like thinking of, or a de in a desk. So I'm thinking of like doing Nintendo themed, more Nintendo themed furniture. But eh, I don't know. It doesn't really address oh, the tech man. side of it. But I don't know if I want to put any more in effort into that because I could, I anticipate he won't love his room forever, which is probably likely. That you know when he's a teenager, you know, trying to get you know convince a girl <laughs> to come in his room. That's a little embarrassing to have like mario crap in there which i get so it'll probably eventually be like an office or a playroom or Not something it's the right girl that's true that's that's absolutely true yeah so before we started recording we were talking about the the evolution of um kind of the conversation in terms of starting with talking about maker slums but also then looking at maybe a more positive side of it um because i think that we had all kind of said or at least west and i you were talking about part of the slump being somewhat related to the situation of the last year. Sure. And, you know, now we're able to kind of see like a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. And do we see, you know, what impact do we see that having on what we do in terms of what we make? Have you even like thought that far forward yet with anything? I, I don't want to answer this question. <laughs> um, the, my my life has not changed at all since before the pandemic till now. I know that's a hard thing to say considering the fact that it's impacted a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, but just because of where I live and the job that I have, if I didn't listen to the news at all, I would have no idea that the rest of the country was going through something entirely different because... Every day of this pandemic, I get up, I take my kids to school, I go to work, come home for lunch, like work on my work on my projects, come home, put the kids to bed, wash, rinse, repeat. Like nothing, nothing has changed for me except wearing a mask when we go out somewhere. Um, and so it's, I don't want to say it's hard because it's been really hard for a lot of other people. But it's just, it's different to realize, like, how much your life hasn't been impacted by something that's global, that's impacted the rest of the world. And the hardest thing for me is, like, is I'm not, oh, this is so hard. Like, I don't want to sound, like, ungrateful, but the hard thing for me is, like, not getting to work from home and not having like my kids being able to work from home and getting time with them and being quote unquote stuck inside with your family. Like I didn't, I haven't been able to, I've, I haven't gotten that. <laughs> so looking forward for me is seeing 
exactly where I am right now because it's exactly where I've been the last year, which was exactly where I was before that. And so that's a hard question for me to answer. Well, certainly you think we would have had another workbench con by now. Yeah. So for, in that instance, like ma- like interactivity with other makers on a face-to-face level, like opportunities for that are definitely declined, I would imagine, for you. Yeah. Maybe not entirely, but, you know, somewhat. I mean, we I'm have Zoom. What would you say, Sean? I said, I mean, not having the opportunity for some of those meetups is still the impact. Right. You, know, you, you may not directly feel the the whole stay-at-home distance learning and work-from-home type thing, which I, I don't want to say that, that one is better or worse than another. Um, they both have their upsides and downsides. <clears throat> but the social isolation um, is, is tough to deal with. And, you know, you could probably find 10 people that say that, oh, it was better this way. And you'd find a lot of other people say, no, it, it wasn't. So I think it's based on what, what you're talking about is just really based on personal perception. Um, I'm not sure if everybody exactly feels the same way. No, um, and I, not, I understand that. But yeah. it's like in terms of me and my personality and everything I try and do in a day, um, that's it. Like I would have thrived if that had been my reality for the past year, I think. Because there's so much, there's so much I would have been able to do and get done that I just haven't. So your your personality might be different. It would have been that way. I thought I was going to be able to get a lot more done because I was home so much. It didn't end up being that way for me at all. I ended up probably working more than I normally would have. It is. It was a weird situation. Hmm. I've heard that before too. It, it's really strange. I, I probably had more meetings than I've ever had before. Um, even though my, my day was kind of technically done by two o'clock. I wasn't off the computer until a couple hours later because of everything else I had to try to manage and do. It, it's, it was a different situation, and yeah. But maybe that was just my personal reaction to it as well. What kind of lights do you point. see at the end of your tunnel, Sean? Like, what are you looking forward to being able to do or that gives you hope? I, I need to get out with my family a little bit more. I mean, over the last year... We've taken a lot of day trips, mm-hmm. but we really haven't been away from home more than a day. And I think we all really kind of need that. I haven't been up to see my parents in, in Vegas in over a year. Although they've come, they've come down here once or twice. Um, just getting out and exploring and, and seeing a little bit more. I'm as comfortable as I am at home. I'm lucky as I am to have a, a decent um, roof over my head. It's felt really, really limiting. And even worse... Oh, for my kids, because we don't live in the area where they go to school. So they're they're physically distanced from a lot of their friends. So it's also been rough for them and trying to keep their spirits up and putting more focus on them and their their mental health and their well-being that, you know, my wife and I have kind of ignored ours just to make sure that they're doing okay because they had a really hard time the first six months of all this. So a lot of the end of the tunnel is not having the same social restrictions you know, being able to, you know, go out and go to meetups and other things. And uh, I think that by limiting where I've gone, what I've been able to see, it's also kind of limited my, my motivation in creating things. Yeah. I haven't, you know, I I might see good, you know, references online that, that are kind of interesting, but I get more inspiration by being in physical places for all that. So, yeah, I, uh, as I referenced earlier, I was like, so after my workbench con last year, the months after that, I was planning on doing more collaborations to a level where it would require travel to different people's shops, which I was super looking forward to. And I had like some doc documents drawn up as far as like scripts and, how things were going to flow for these projects and i was like really excited about it and so that was super demoralizing for a while with the realization that wasn't going to come to fruition so now even though i haven't done much physical work towards that goal of that project particularly the the possibility of being able to do that sort of thing is now becoming 
possible again. And so that's um, inspiring. And also having people like Alex, who was on here the last couple weeks, um, some of his projects, which might actually tie into that other project I'm being sort of coy about. Um, it was also inspiring to like think of the next step in that, like being able to travel to people's shops and having them interact and collaborate in several different videos, you know, myself in their videos, they were in my videos. And then also like you're saying, like personal interactions with at maker events and stuff. So like, for example, there's a, a well-known maker in the Northeast that's going to have a, a giant slip and slide party, which I've been to in the past and that we've talked about on this channel multiple times. When Josh was on here, he took his camper up there one year and it's just, uh, that is like the quintessential perfect maker hangout thing that's like hasn't changed from when it was its inception and they don't charge admission for it so you don't have to feel like you're paying to hang out with your friends which a lot of these maker events feel like to me nowadays which make it hard for me to want to pony up money for going because it feels like i'm being fleeced to experience <laughs> things i could already have done i feel like a like a hipster in a way like you know back you know like I don't know. It's just especially I, I feel in reality. A little jaded. Yeah. Especially in reality that all we need is a hotel lobby because that's yes. where the best interactions happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it still holds true. Uh, but that's that event. Hopefully I, I'm planning on attending and then I'm hearing other people that from across the country that are planning on possibly showing up too, which is super awesome. So just that idea of interact with other people is motivating me to want to build more things and build all the things here and, and then like i said having other makers there are more and more makers that are actually coming to live in this area that i'm at now which i'm it's fortunate to have that um happen that's also i can't lie but that's also inspiring to have that source of creativity to kind of feed off of you know to help me get out of my slumps or help them get out of theirs or just bounce ideas off of that um even though we've had this visual like zoom meeting and you know whenever we have our own podcast we sort of do a lot of that on our own either on camera or like on the in a recorded version or off you know what am i trying to say on air or not on air we <laughs> there you go it was escaping me um there's something still different about having it face to face you know being able to see people's reactions in real time and so it's good um yeah i didn't uh i didn't realize how jealous i could get of a picture eh. until you uh oh god i know <sighs> yeah i was even entertaining um before all this stuff happened with the pandemic of starting to look at um small shops in my area to move something you know kind of off-site yeah. in a possible joint venture with with some people in my area one of who is uh, still might be at the chat so yeah i've been considering that as well actually and that came up today because it wasn't an issue before when i was running all 3d printers and my cnc machine and my laser engraver and my smelly resin printer you know <laughs> when it's just me in the house but then now that we have Catherine working in the same level of the house just a couple rooms over that impacts her day so uh yeah having another shop to go to might be good so something i did not really account for when i started all this is how much the dynamics of my house would change as my my video production and, and builds would um not really get bigger but have more stuff that possibly went into them but then also my kids getting bigger and them needing to do their things so like my daughter and my son are in my office all the time now doing and we're just kind of like on each other all the time it feels like and there's no separation of space and it's really getting kind of an interesting point um and it's only going to be for the next six or seven years because my my son's already started a junior high but you know that's still a good chunk of time to have to contend with sure hmm only six or seven years. <laughs> it goes by fast. Everybody keeps talking about. I keep waiting for it. But so you know, it's, you know, what's interesting is, as far as that one comment goes. 
in my, I might look at it a little bit differently because of my, my position as, as far as a job with being a teacher. So I've been teaching for 15 years now. And there are students that I taught in my first two years that are now coworkers of mine. Wow. They were students of mine. Wow. Really? It goes, it goes by fast. Yeah. I guess that would do it, huh? They, they already have kids. They're married. They're, you know, yeah. I'm, friends with them on social media they're they're peers now it, it, it's weird so time time does pass a lot faster than <laughs> realize it Jeez. it seems like it gets faster once they um hit about fifth or sixth grade where my kids are roughly in that that area hmm. you know right on that precipice of, of being a teenager as well interaction and the dynamic of the house changes severely you know, my son isn't just a kid anymore. He's like this little dude walking around. It's, it's weird. <laughs> that is cool, though. It is weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anything you guys have been geeking out about that we haven't already mentioned? Well, I already mentioned mine. If you haven't seen it already, the channel Good Blood. Uh, go watch his videos. They're really good. Um, something I'm geeking out about, um, a little bit, actually quite a bit different than what I would, uh, that I would uh, typically mention on the show. But um, a lifetime ago, I was uh, an athlete um, in high school and wrestling, baseball on track was pretty much my life. Um, so through the, the mid, early to mid 90s, that was pretty much my my primary focus and on Netflix uh, it's been out for a short while, but I just recently watched it. I don't think I've talked about it on the show. There's a documentary called the last dance. That is a documentary about the Chicago bulls in the, I think it was the early to mid nineties, basically their championship run. And the documentary is, is really, really, really well done. And it tells a story that I don't think has ever been told before in terms of the dynamic of the players for anybody that, that, you know, fall, follows basketball or followed basketball during that time. Um, and even in terms of advertising and promotion and some of the early stuff that Michael Jordan was known for, just fantastic documentary filmmaking and fantastic stories being told. So if you have any interest in anything even related to that, I'd highly recommend it. Really good. And it's a, it's a multi-part series, so it'll take some time to get through, but I think it's well worth it for anybody that has or shares that interest. Hmm. Cool. I've got a couple things. Uh, so I've been playing been playing Valheim, which is still eating up hours. Still geeking out about that. It's just so good, and it's also starting to generate ideas in my head for projects, which is also very inspiring. <laughs> Isn't it terrible? <laughs> it's 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 the worst, but it's the best. New Minecraft update coming out too. That'll take your time. Uh, uh, well, half half an update supposedly now. Yeah, yeah, half yeah. an update. Uh, let's see. Besides that, oh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm really enjoying that a lot more. Uh, I don't know if you guys are still watching that or have been watching that. I think the last episode is where it got good. I could see that. Uh, I, I enjoyed it before, but I think yeah. this last episode. Oh yeah, is it was like it. super juicy. Okay, this, right? this is good now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's been some things that happened in the last episode, like you say, that I've read like huge articles about like this one moment that happens that we'll go into maybe in a spoiler cast at the end there, but it's just, it's really good. Um, really stop watching that with my kids. Oh yeah. It's a little too much for kids. Cause it's, uh, it's, it's Marvel, but there's a lot of cussing and very violent. So. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in the language. Hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, it's been uh, entertaining. Yeah. And what else? Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Just geeking out about stuff. Oh, I geeked out about this on my Instagram, which I'm trying to do more of lately. Like the live uh, stories or whatever. So I, I picked up an Adafruit mag tag which is a little credit card sized microcontroller that has a screen on it that is made. It's an e-ink display 
which is really so cool. cool. Uh, I'm holding it up here. It says MagTag for those that aren't able to watch it on the live stream. And it, the cool thing about it is that it retains the image uh, even when there's no power. So this has no battery on it. And this is not a sticker. This is actually a display showing it. And it has a built-in Wi-Fi. And it's got built-in all kinds of other things in here that enable tinkering and like really help you to like come up with some cool projects. It's got accelerometer built into it. It's got four LED, uh, addressable NeoPixel LEDs. It's got a light sensor, a built-in um, speaker. It's got four buttons on the front for different, like, whatever you can fit. You can make, like, a video game system out of this if you wanted to play, like, Snake or something. I don't know. Um, it's got uh, connections on the back to hook up to, like, servos, relays for the bigger things that this activates. I've seen people have these on, like, lanyards. I had a similar device a couple years ago that was a color thing but yeah this could be like a, a name tag on a lanyard it could say your name or whatever on it and it have it change and because it has wi-fi built in you could like link it up with online services so maybe i was thinking this is an idea i'll bounce it off you guys what if there was like a, a maker inspiration quote library that like you had one of these attached to your your fridge because it's mag has magnetic standoffs as well for this particular device and it'll constantly look at this library of quotes. Maybe it's a tweet. Maybe it's a tweet uh, or Twitter account <laughs> listening to like hashtags or something. So different makers could have inspirational comments that show up on here dynamically. It would check every day or every, a couple times a day and update. I think that would be kind of neat. Um, it could be kind of fun in a controlled environment if we knew who was putting messages on it but <laughs> yeah i was about to say there's a lot there's a lot that the friggin' people could do with that. Quotes. <laughs> oh yeah i mean i mean it could be Usually. yeah but yeah i mean i'm it's uh it's on adafruit it's called a mag tag check it out they're not terribly expensive for what they can do and i'm really interested in um working on it the other cool thing is that like a lot of these devices you have to physically plug in a cable to onload like new programming to have it to do something else which it can do that but because it has built-in wi-fi you can use a browser and upload all the code dynamically which is super crazy anyway enough about that i've always thought e-ink was highly underrated yeah especially they have, they have multicolor ones now too yeah which is super cool i, I, I still think we're just scratching the surface of what we should be using those things for yeah definitely See, this is one of these things, one of those things that like each one of us could get and then make a different project with that thing and then all put our videos at the same time. Ooh, Ready that'd come. be cool. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Do you want to do yours first, Wes, or should I do mine first? I'll do mine first. Okay. And what is my thing, you, you might ask? Well, my thing, I talk about our patrons over at patreon.com slash geeks. They put their money where our mouth is with their contributions. Every time we come out with an episode, they support us with their contributions, which is super awesome. And it's it's enabling us to plan things that we would not otherwise be able to plan for. Uh, events in the future and servers that are running up here that have Valheim data on them for our patrons to join and frolic in these giant fields to get all your loot demolished at sea by a sea serpent. <laughs> um, it's, it's great fun. Um, you can join our discord server. There's lots of kind of perks to becoming a patron and we invite you to try it out for yourself and let us know how you like it, especially our top patrons, square splinter Clinton from C3 C3D prop shop and Jordan Rimple. Thank you guys so much for being our top patrons, but thank each and every one of you for your support along the way. We appreciate you. And you can also let us know what you think about the show by getting in contact with us on our website, makingeeks.com. We have a page where you can send us a direct message. Let us know what you think about the show, ideas for the show, suggestions, anything you like right there. And on the homepage of the site, you can listen to all of our past episodes. And also on our website, we have a shop with some merchandise that is available for purchase. So we'd urge you to go take a look at that. Um, you know, Everything that you do and support helps tremendously. And one last thing I'll mention that I have not mentioned in a very long time. If you are an audio listener and whatever podcast player choice that you listen on, dropping a review on there would be hugely beneficial as well to all of us. 
and also gives us more feedback about what you think about the show. Now I'm going to mix it up a little bit and say, you should come check out our websites. Each one of us has websites that what? you can uh, that you can come check out and see what we're making, even though most of it points to Instagram. Anyway, so if you want to see Sean's, you can go to geekbuilders.com. Wes is at geeksmith.net. I can't afford .com. <laughs> Not making that Wes .com is... money yet, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wes is at geeksmithing.com, and I am at onceuponaworkbench.com. All right, you can find new episodes of the podcast every Saturday morning-ish on your on your podcast player of choice. I want to thank uh, everybody for hanging out in the chat. It's always fun uh, having that direct interaction and conversation during the show. I want to thank everybody for listening wherever you are. Have a fantastic week. Take care. See you guys. See you next time.